When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. Tonight's a, uh, I think, a first for the Managing Madrid podcast in terms of a post-game pod. I am joined by Ruben Skirping and... uh, the first time I think the two of us are doing this together, we recently just launched a new uh, segment on the podcast, kind of looking at big picture discussions and um, zooming out a bit for Real Madrid fans. And I think uh, we got a lot of good feedback on that. Usually that'll come out on Friday, so we appreciate everyone listening uh, over on Patreon. Um, tonight, obviously, this is a free one, a post-game podcast on Almeria, uh, a 4-2 win for Real Madrid, some nice goals, a hat-trick for Benzema, who's just one away from Lewandowski in the Pachichi charts now. Um, some feel-good football in there, and also a little bit of a slow, casual game in, in moments. Um, I I said on Twitter there was a preseason feel to it. Actually, I've seen more intense preseason games than uh, some mm-hmm. of the moments in this one, but overall, it was uh, good to get a win, good to score some goals. Some of the defending maybe could have been better, but We'll break this down, and I'm sure we'll get into some big picture discussions as well. So, Ruben, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on board with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to hear you pronouncing my last name, which I'm. Did I'm I get sure it right? Because I butchered. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's pretty good, but I think for those who haven't seen it being written, it's uh, difficult to pronounce. Pronounce, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Credits, to, credits to that, and also <laughs> I think this was. Um, as I said uh, before we started, um, not an important game, but uh, for us as fans, I think it was after the disaster of the Girona game, which you had to cover by yourself on the podcast, yeah. post-game pod. Uh, well, after that game, I thought we needed a lift and we got it. For sure, for sure. And I think it was interesting to see the lineup um, Ancelotti put out there today. I think the midfield, was this the first time we've ever seen Cruz, Chuameni and Ceballos together? Could very well be, and uh, I think uh, uh, this was maybe what was most interesting about the, um, the starting eleven with Modric out now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Ancelotti goes from here because um, I think there are several options to to go with. Uh, you also have to consider what would be the best matchup against Manchester City, yeah. and um, yeah, so he's got a few important decisions to make here, Ancelotti. What do you think it's going to be? Do you think he's going to opt for Chuameni or is he going to opt for like for like in Ceballos? So I was actually looking at this before the game. Just what options does he really have? Because um, uh, you would think maybe it's straightforward, put in Chuameni and uh, then just the rest is as normal. But remember that Ancelotti 
for a long time preferred to play Pere at right wing and that Rodrigo is now a starter, clear starter. It's actually pretty new. Um, will he trust Kamavinga at left back? Um, will he trust Chuameni at all as a defensive midfielder after his, well, not the best season? So, yeah, I, I'm very excited to see what he goes with. I think tonight, um, the tonight's with midfield with Pere instead of Ceballos is, uh, I think that's a very likely solution for the city game. Yeah, I think, I think he'll probably offer that. And honestly, um, despite Chuameni, um, not being at the top of his game, I think we need that that defensive stability, a little bit more balance in the midfield. We've seen against Girona and even today in this game against Amaria, um, what Cruz, some of the liabilities Cruz has when he's tasked with the more defensive responsibilities and mm. he just really struggles with tracking runners. We saw it again in the box today on one of the yeah. uh, Amaria goals. And uh, it happened against Girona. I think that's where he just he doesn't get locked in in those moments. He loses focus, and it's just not it doesn't come naturally to him like it would other players. Mm. Um, and so I think it's too big of a risk against City. I think we got away with it against Chelsea and Liverpool and Barcelona because honestly they're not as good of teams as City. Um, at the end of the day, that's just the the fact of the reality. And so. I think it's, I think, I think you got to go with a guy like Chuam. As much as I love Ceballos, and I think he had another great game today in his work ethic, you never question his attitude or his work ethic, regardless of the opponent. He gives one hundred and ten percent, but I think, um, I think you need that balance that Chuamani gives you. Do you, um, do you think it's a given that Rodrigo starts on the right against Manchester City? I think I think it is. I think he's earned it. I think I mean I've long been a vocal proponent of getting Rodrigo into this team, getting him into the starting eleven. I think he's you need that extra attacker this year, and I think you and he proved against Liverpool as well. By the way, that yeah. he can do the defensive work. Uh, his performance at Anfield defensively was phenomenal, um, and so. I think, yeah, I think I think you need Rodrigo. I think you need him in the team. Um, he's too good to leave out at this point. You saw today what he can do, the assist, yeah. the back heel assist, um, <laughs> and then the goal just turns, finds enough space, and powers it home. And then he obviously missed the chip um, in the second half. But, but it was a great save, though. It was a great it save. It was. It was. And mm. he, uh, I mean, I just think about Man, if he had his finishing boots this year, he'd already be well over 20 goals, like well over 20 goals. And so that's a to have a player like that who's been shuffled around from position to position, versatile, and still be able to capable of scoring that many goals. Like he's a special talent. And I think, yeah. uh, I think, I think everyone's now catching on to how good Rodrigo is, but for a while, yeah. I think he was underrated. I mean, I'm a I'm a very big Rodrigo fan. I, I've got actually his jersey from the Santos days oh, and everything. Wow. So, uh, wow. so I'm a little bit biased, maybe, but <laughs> I, I always thought that uh, Rodrigo had to play. So um, I'm just a little bit curious to know how Ancelotti... I would like to ask Ancelotti, how much are you sure that uh, Rodrigo will play? Because I do think he fears... Obviously, we all fear Manchester City and their attack. And uh, putting on Fede at the right wing would would do a lot defensively. Uh, I agree that Rodrigo, of course, has uh, been doing his duties defensively. But uh, 
I'm not sure if Ancelotti has ruled it out completely. And we also have to remember that Kamavinga, defensive midfielder, is also an option. Uh, Nacho could play left back if Alaba is is back together with Rudiger. Of course, Militao being suspended. So there are a few options. So um, that's why I was a bit relieved, to be honest, to see that he today went with Kamavinga left back to a many defensive midfielder and Kos, uh, of course, playing uh, Rodrigo on the right. And then Sebaya, I mean, <laughs> I have to laugh a little bit because Sebaya usually plays well, but I, I just, I see, I don't think almost there's any um, possibility of him starting against Manchester City. Mm. I, I just think it's going to be Kos and it's going to be Pere. Kamavinga is going to play either left back or this defensive midfielder. And I think with the way Rodrigo's playing now, his long shot, great, great goal, uh, just all over. Playing well, you know, defensively, offensively, dribbling, link up, uh, and finishing it now is also getting better. So, for me, that's the obvious solution. But we have been surprised by Ancelotti's lineups before. And, um, yeah, let's see what it goes with. Yeah, I mean, I I probably agree with you in that I don't think Ceballos has, as the, although he's a like-for-like like change for Modric, I don't think he's, I think he has probably the smallest percentage chance of, of starting that. Are we match. too harsh on him though? Are we too harsh? I I love Sabayo, so I think he's a phenomenal player. I just think um I think Ancelotti likes his energy off the bench. I think he likes him as a game changer. Yeah. And I think um yeah, I I don't know. I, I just I, he also has. He's also. I gotta admit, I also like Sabayos uh, a lot. But I gotta admit, he's he's a bit prone to losing the ball in diff, in dangerous areas. Sometimes tries. For example, today he tried. It's the word the pan. It's pana. The right word in English. Like trying to get through the legs of the defender. Is no. Is that oh, the right oh, word? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, We. I use nutmeg. 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 Yeah, nutmeg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he tried. Uh, for example, nutmeg right outside the box, and uh, you know, lost the ball. So he does. He does some things which are risky, and therefore I could see why a manager would think, yeah, maybe it's not as safe to go with him. But offensively, he just, his passing and his movement and also off the, off the ball, he's pressing like a, like a madman. Yeah. So, and just the fact that he's, he's not even guaranteed a contract renewal, it's, it's crazy. So, but yeah, um, I like him a lot. I think the safest is to go with, um, with Fede, the, the option I just mentioned, but um I gotta give give credit to Zabas. He's doing everything he can. I think he's uh, showing a, a great attitude. Well, kind of sticking with the midfield theme, um, Chuameni. What did you make of his performance today? I was actually. Let's start. Firstly, I was getting a little worried because I wrote down in my notes he's a bit slow on the ball at times. I thought when. They were when Almeria were pressing him. I thought, mm, okay, this is uh, not looking so good. I was imagining Kevin De Bruyne, and Bernardo Silva, and you know the whole, uh, yeah, the whole team of Manchester City mm. pressing him. Um, I thought it was a bit slow initially, but then uh, as the game went on, I thought he got better and better. He had a lot of good interceptions, good tackles, and uh, got better on the ball as well. So, uh, you know, I, I like what I saw. And, um, you know, it's been a difficult season for him, his first season. And um, I now think with Modric's injury, we have to, I think we have to trust him. I also think, as you said, it makes sense given the the opponent which we are facing. Um, but I thought his game today was, um, 
was good. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I agree with you on being a little bit slow on the ball at times. I think he, what I do like from his game is that he looks for the vertical pass a lot. Yes, um, yes. And you saw that kind of in that late interplay between him, uh, Benzema, Asensio, and Kamavinga, where Be- uh, Benzema hit the post late on. Um, that was some lovely combination play from those mm, guys. And mm. it started with Chiuameni playing the vertical ball into Benzema. Um, yeah, he's not so, afraid to try the vertical ball. I yeah. think a lot of defensive midfielders just pass it to the sides, but he, yeah. he tries vertically. Yeah, so that's what I like about his game. Um, but I agree. I think... I think the thing, the big selling point for him when he came was that he's going to be so much better on the ball than Casemiro and better under pressure. And like, I'm not convinced of that just yet. I think he will be, but um, I think in a game against city um, that's going to be the one concern is does he get caught on the ball a few times or have a couple Mm. of misplaced passes that lead to dangerous transition opportunities for the likes of De Bruyne and Holland. So um that's definitely that's definitely on the mind. Um, is Kamavinga playing a defensive midfield an option for you at all? Um, I think I think uh, I don't know. I don't. I think he's so good at at left back because yes, yes, I know you're incredible. <laughs> I think the and the Millie Tau suspension also kind of pushes him into that position even more i feel like because then you're really stretching your depth if you're playing yeah exactly uh, yeah rudiger alaba and nacho in the back line um and putting kamavinga in midfield one injury mm. and then you're you're gonna yeah. have to reshuffle everything again so i think who comes on then am i forgetting someone is come on would it be are we down to vallejo then um I mean, well, then Chiuameni would probably come on, and then one of the yes, other of course, guys. Yes, of course, but that, but then Vallejo would maybe be the first defender to come off if if we had to put on the defender. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that's a risky option. Yeah. yeah, I think one thing we've seen in the past is Lucas Vasquez maybe right back, Carvajal at left back, and then you move Nacho <laughs> back in or something. So oh. yeah, you'd have to get creative. So yeah, needless to say. Needless to say, I think that will be on the mind of Ancelotti. And I think I think he really like like all of us, I think he likes Kamavinga because mm. not only football is like the way football has evolved and like the way I, I think about it now is it's not like fixed positions, it's spaces. Mm. You're occupying spaces on the pitch. It's not fixed positions. And what Kamavinga does is basically the opposite of what Fede did at the right wing. And now he on the left wing adds a fourth midfielder and just balances the team a little bit um and you see today also how he goes in centrally instead of just always hugging the yeah he he underlaps and he just pops up as like a number eight uh in those pockets and Cruz will drop into the left back position to start to start Mm. build out and then Kamavinga will just move forward very fluid and natural and I think that's what I think that's what Ancelotti really likes about his game uh, in addition yeah. to kind of freeing Vinicius up and providing overloads down the left flank. And I think um, I think the one worry is what we've talked about quite a bit is just like when he gets in situations where we're, he ha- is part of a flat back four and um, it's certain defensive situations where maybe they're playing a diagonal long ball and he has to watch Mm. track the runner and track the flight of the ball and get his body positioning right or he's got an overlapping fullback and a winger 
Um, and that's the thing. And also, which also remember, yeah. Also remember that his his uh, supporter at the left is Vinicius and Kos. Yep. So yep. I mean, that's yeah. not the best support to have. I think yeah. wasn't it in the Chelsea game that Ancelotti moved Fede over to the left yep. to to stop. So I think um, yeah. Kamavinga alone at the left, it's it's going to be a tough uh, task for him. Yeah, so the, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that again. Ancelotti may opt to do that mm. uh, in-game type of switch again because if Pep decides to... Because we know Pep is going to... He's going to exploit every weakness he can, and so he's mm. going to try mm. and put Kamavinga in those situations. Um, but But at the same time, have we ever... I think we've seen a lot of different things. Today we even hit a horrible back pass, um, which led to the, the second goal, I think. Uh, but have we ever seen Tony Kors play as a right-sided central midfielder? Have we, he's always on the left. Yeah. He's all, I, don't, I honestly don't remember a single game since 2014 where he has played there. So yeah. I, I'm not sure if it matters so much. I mean, if, if we have to do it, we will do it. But... Uh, I mean, it would be the first time, I think. Actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him play there. Um, because he's so natural at the receiving the ball towards the left. He's uh, sometimes... the diagonal play. pass, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but we have a lot of options. What I like about this lineup today, let's put in uh, Ferry instead of Ceballos in the, today's lineup. We are so flexible. I mean, Rodrigo, I want to hear your thoughts on our formation uh, initially. Uh, was it almost a four-four-two? I mean, this shows how flexible we are. I thought Ceballos was going towards the right. Rodrigo was moving in centrally, and um, I mean, we could do so many things. We can play four-four-two. We could play um, move Fede over to the left, as you said. Rodrigo number ten. Rodrigo with the right wing. I mean, uh, Camavinga. There's so many options. So I think against Manchester City, no matter what uh, plan they throw at you you can adapt. So I think that's uh, maybe one of the biggest strengths of this lineup. Yeah, well, that's the thing is uh, it's not fixed positions. It's just occupying spaces and making sure that mm. the overall, for the most part, you want the field to be balanced, but sometimes you purposely imbalance the field. And you see Rodrigo do this a lot in Benzema, yeah. where they hedge all the way over to the left flank. We basically have no one except Carval on the right like sometimes mm. um and they look to produce overloads unbalance the side and then um do maybe have enough combinations to get through on their own on the left or uh you have that right flank wide open for the switch so mm. um so i do think that's that's something that we've seen kind of time and time again with with this team this year and yeah like like you said it can flu it's fluid it, it morphs that's what real madrid has been in during this successful European run, like under Zidane and under Ancelotti, the big key has been that Real Madrid tactically is a chameleon in that they can yeah. shape shift and um, really get whatever whatever the game calls for. They can they can um, put together what that type of style and that type of system um, and switch yeah. switch play. So um, I think we'll I'm I'm sure we'll see some of that, and I'm sure we'll see. Real Madrid play multiple different ways against City. I don't. I don't think it's gonna yeah. be. I don't think it's gonna be kind of one story over the two legs, or even over no. ninety minutes. I think ninety minutes is gonna be broken down into multiple segments where Real Madrid play multiple different ways over that course uh, of that 
90 minutes. And I definitely don't think it's going to be boring. If this yeah. becomes a boring tie, I'm going to yeah, be shocked. But, um, <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> mm, Rodrigo. Um, I guess when we're going to talk about big picture stuff, he's going to be a, a big talking point. But um, uh, his his involvement on the... Um, on the what 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 goal was it for the second goal from Benzema? I yeah, think. I think it was second. When he was played through, um, I mean, one thing that we forget about Rodrigo is that he has been developing. Yes, technically, of course, uh, mentally, yes, but also physically, he's just been a <laughs> he's not been a boy, but al- almost a boy for a big part of uh, his uh, spell at Real Madrid. And look at the goal today. Look at how strong he is against the defender you would think normally would push him right away. Not only once, but twice. He shows incredible skill, but also incredible strength. Two times, he's almost pushed out, but he, he has this enough strength, enough balance, and uh, you know, just incredible work on that, on that goal. So this is yet another, another example of Rodrigo just becoming better and better every game. And... Um, I'm very excited to see how this guy ends up. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think um, he's done a lot of like like Vinicius and like so many Kamavinga. Now it's come out. I think it's now become like a prerequisite for Real Madrid players, uh, and I think they're all um, feeding off each other by doing this. They see one guy doing, they're like, oh, you know what? I have to do this. Is they have their own personal trainers um, that they work with at home and, and away from Real Madrid city to um, kind of prepare their body, build their physique, get the right preparation, do that little bit extra. Um, mm. And uh, I, you're seeing it pay dividends for those guys. Um, and it's, and they're all doing it. Benzema does it. Sergio Ramos did it. Um, My fear and- is always that they put on too much muscle mass. So they, they lose the agility, but it seems like Vinicius and Rodrigo have a great balance now. Yeah, and I think I think that's something that um, they really prioritize with their training. I, and I think the sports science has gotten so much better that you can mm. work on your explosiveness and just being lean rather than bulking up. Um, mm. And I think I think you've seen that with both those guys. Um, so no, I think it's I think it's really positive, and I think we're only going to see Rodrigo continue to fill out a little bit more and and. Mm. Um, He's now, what, 22, so maturing into that body. Um, and I think the same thing will happen with with Endrick when he eventually comes, I'm sure. Um, and he's yeah. just like an athletic, just, oh, he's, he's an Already athletic specimen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but I'm sure we'll see it. You see it time and time again with these young players when they come at 18, and then you look at them when they're like 24, mm. 25, and it's just completely different. Um, I, mean, I think it, I think it messes up with our perception a little bit that they they arrive so early because yeah. if we had signed Rodrigo now, uh, he's twenty two now. So yeah. I mean, if we signed a Brazilian twenty two years old delivering this season, I think we would, we would be over the moon. Yeah. But um, for a while, it looked like Rodrigo wouldn't score that many goals. He had a bad spell. Um, and we were starting to get a little impatient. No, a lot of fans were thinking, yeah, it's taking a bit time with it. But uh, if we had just signed him, our perception would be totally different, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, 
And I mean, today's goal, like that was a thing of beauty. The both, oh. I mean, the assist and the goal thing, both just absolutely gorgeous. It shows his technical quality, his recognition of space and time. Like he just literally mm. received the ball at his back to goal, recognized that nobody's pressuring him. Okay, I'm going to turn and get the shot off and get enough power with limited back lift and little limited run up. Um, yeah, he was almost standing shot. still. Yeah, yeah. And like that's really difficult to do. And that's what the best strike, mm. like Harry Kane. The reason why he scores so many goals is because it's so deceptive with he gets very little backlift when he shoots, and yet his shot is so powerful. So goalkeepers aren't yeah. expecting it. Um, and that's I think that's an underrated skill that a lot of the top strikers have that you don't even realize is just how they can rip these shots with not even from a standstill position and very limited backlift. Like when when I say backlift, mm-hmm. it basically means like pulling your leg back and winding up. They don't yes. need to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's it's incredible. And I think yeah. Benzema, I mean, in this game, three goals. He's I <laughs> I hope he's catching up to Lewandowski in the Pichichi charts one goal away. He he nearly had four. He got a penalty that wasn't called, um, probably rightly, and then he hits the post. Uh, a couple other chances as well. I mean, you could tell he was hungry. You could tell he was really, really yes. hungry. Um Good to see him back sharp because he had a couple games I felt like where I was like, uh oh, is Benzema kind of going back into uh, this mediocre form that we've seen for most of the season? Because mm. he went on a run where he was scoring hat tricks, he was scoring four goals mm. um, against Liverpool, first the goal in the first leg against Chelsea. Like he was really on a great run, and then it kind of slowed down again he got another little niggling injury you're like uh oh is this is this happening again but hopefully this puts him in the right mood i don't know if he'll play against real sociedad on tuesday i kind of hope he doesn't um yeah. let's save everybody for the cup and the city leg at this point play whoever has to play against real sociedad i could care less I mean, about that result right now um, yeah of course but but uh the commentator mentioned that he has uh a goal or assist every nine to two minutes, I think. And that is in a season where he has been injured a lot. And a lot of games has just been about coming back from injury and either that or struggling with injury. So it's very promising. But I want to ask you, do you think it's a bit selfish? I mean, um, all players will be selfish, but um, I I think it's difficult for Ancelotti to, to put him out, to not play him if he insists. Should he be more willing to sit out? Is he too much? Is Do you think the fact that he's playing all the time, is that first because of his own decision? And secondly, is he deciding to do that because he wants to be a top scorer? Is it hunting for Benson, for Lewandowski? Is that reason? Or, and do you think it's selfish? So, I mean, play. you ask any player, they want to play every single game, regardless of what game it is. Um, and... I'm actually but it is re- different with some players. Some players do have like uh, a position in the squad and also with the the manager that it's difficult to leave them out like Cristiano. Yeah. Yeah, and but I, but I think and like so I think those guys in particular those big players they want to play every game. They want to be scoring, they want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um I was, I'm reading Modric's autobiography and he talks about how under Zidane like he would sometimes get annoyed with the rotations but he realized mm-hmm. by the end of the season how much it helped him. Um, mm. And he's like, it's just part of like, as a player, you just want to play every single game. 
um and so but is it the right thing to do i mean today he played didn't he play the whole 90 minutes i mean it's um yeah it, it's a bit unnecessary if he doesn't risk... if he doesn't play on tuesday i'm okay with him playing the 90 minutes here um mm. but we'll see maybe ancelotti says you know what i'm giving you 60 minutes on tuesday um i don't know how so today what happened it. today was uh that the uh, both rodrigo and vinicius they got they it went out it and they knocks, were yeah. rodrigo yeah with Knox. so I mean, the fact that it hasn't happened with, but it, ha- it has happened with a lot with Benzema. So, I mean, maybe this is uh, one of the reasons. Yeah, we just got to hope and pray that those knocks aren't serious. I don't think they will be. Um, I think it's just physical discomfort more than anything. Um, but, yeah, we got to hope and pray for um, Saturday. But, I mean, he didn't Saturday play against Girona. So, I mean, yeah. So, I actually forgot that he didn't play last game. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think obviously a hat trick will will get him into form. I feel like he feeds off of the goals, and that once they start coming for him, he just gets more and more. Regardless, even if he's not involved in the build up play on a more limited basis, he still finds a way to sneak those goals in once he starts scoring. So, um, and to your point, his ratio is incredible this season, despite missing a ton of games, despite being rusty, being out of form, injured. Um, mm. it's still incredible. I, I personally feel like once he gets a full preseason under him, uh, healthy next season, I think he'll be again, have another great season. Um, okay. So, so one question for you, how many hat tricks does he have in April? Three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Three hat tricks in one month. That's, uh, yeah. that's not a bad stat. Yeah. That's incredible. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure it has happened before, but it could have happened many times. I mean, that's uh, that's. It feels good. like it happened last year, just because with the Champions League. But maybe yeah. those games were in different months. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, Cristiano. Because he scored what? <laughs> he scored against. He scored a hat trick against PSG, Chelsea, and did he score a hat trick against City? <laughs> against City, no. No, no, no. Just Chelsea uh, and PSG, right? To... I mean, the second leg, yeah, Rodrigo scored the two, then Benzema scored the penalty. First leg, then Benzema scored. Wait. Hmm. Vinicius scored the goal where he uh, toyed with Fernandinho. Benzema scored the He had two Panenka. against City, at least. He had the Panenka and mm-hmm. the goal from that ridiculous, from the top of the box. Um, if, if he scored a hat-trick against City, the, the listeners will be screaming at us now. <laughs> yeah. I think this will be the first and the last post-game yeah. we'll together, if that's the case. So... um all right well we'll we'll move on from that before we embarrass ourselves further um (laughs) so i think one thing that's concerning from the last two games is defense and just the overall lack of concentration i think uh against girona in the midweek um it was just a calamity show from lunin and edder militao and that was we, I've been praising Militao, praising him for the consistency this year, mm-hmm. just how incredible he's been. And he finally put the brain farts behind him. And then he put up a game like that where it was, oof, that was the Militao yeah. from previous seasons we'd seen that concerns us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, I thought it was a lot better, but there were still kind of mishaps in that defense, just people shutting off. Um, it was it, the two goals that we gave up were needless, really needless. Yeah. And that's the concern is... I mean, you're playing against Kevin De Bruyne, Holland, like this city team mm. will tear you apart and eat you up um, if you're going to be that lackadaisical and that unconcentrated yeah. in uh, in these types of matches against that attack. Yeah, 
I'm not really sure if that's. I mean, he will be more concentrated in um, in the bigger games. But Ancelotti did say this. He had a funny comment in the in one of the press conference. Can I? Am I able to remember it? So he said something like, uh, "He's not. He's not the most concentrated player, and he's also not the most handsome." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah, he yeah. say something like that? Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was the the time when I remember. Yeah, that's a it's a good way to deliver the message. But he, he that is his problem, and I, he did have. Uh, was it on the goal if we conceded? I think maybe he was a bit too far away, not marking the um, one of the Almeria players. And then he also, I agree, he had a couple of incidences where he it wasn't good. So I mean, he seemed he seemed motivated, but I guess just for him to, I mean, this is has not happened a lot this season. To be fair, he's almost never had a bad game. So, but it's been a couple of bad games for him now, for sure. Yeah, and I think for City, the one thing I'm disappointed with, I mean, against City for him to be suspended, like, I feel like he is the one defender who physically and athletically can match Holland. And so I would love to see yeah. that duel. We'll obviously see it in the second leg, but um, particularly at the Santiago Bernabeu, I would love to see that duel between those two. Um, and so I think he, I personally think it's going to be a huge, huge loss not to have. Yeah, him, of course. Like. And I also think uh, an underrated um, skill that Militao has is those long balls. Yeah. Just finding Vinicius on the opposite flank. He did that two, three times a day with just incredible, incredible accuracy. And uh, I think that was um, on one of the goals, actually. So, yeah, I think it was on the first goal. Incredible path towards Vinicius. So, he he does everything, and he he has started scoring goals as well. So it's a it's a shame that we that we are without him. But I mean, if we get Alba back, I mean Rudiger is not a it's not a terrible replacement. And you talk about a player who can match Holland. Nobody can probably match him uh, perfectly. I hope Rudiger but, uh, is in. I hope Rudiger is in peak uh, shit form form <laughs> because those two going at it would be hilarious. Oh. I mean, that will be a great battle. I really yeah. want to see that battle. So, I mean, yeah. in that case, it's positive. But uh, yeah. I yeah. think Rudiger, j- just the way he runs, makes him a pass. Yeah. <laughs> we need one sprinting. of those 50-yard uh, Rudiger up the field runs where he's just... <laughs> how how do you say in English? Like, he's, he's, he's running so high with his knees. How yeah. do you say that? Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. have that... Uh, so, he's, he's, it's just a very funny way of running but he is he is stepped up lately and i think that we actually tricked him into becoming our third center back it's uh that's just uh, yeah amazing yeah um one thing i know you wanted to talk about um even before this game and it, it happened again tonight not to the same degree as it did against girona but uh vinicius jr got booked for mm arguing with the referee um mm. obviously against Girona it was oh man that was a, mm. he was I thought he was incredible and one of the few players that showed the commitment and intent and attitude needed to, to play that match and to really regardless of the opponent he gives a hundred percent but some of the and and obviously when you're dealing like it looks like after the game that there were some more racist chants and okay um, yeah but I think I think, and and the amount of fouls he's taken this season, like he's far and mm-hmm. away the highest fouled player in the top five leagues. So I'm sure that weighs on you in that um, it, it's really, really difficult. And I think it's obviously very frustrating for him. 
but I think he's doing himself a disservice by just getting in the face of these referees and just trying to showing the yellow card, um, doing the hand signal with the yellow card. Like, I think all that stuff does him a disservice. I think if he can, mm. I know he's frustrated. I get it. I get it, Vinicius, but I think he just has to try and take the hit, uh, move on, keep his mouth shut, walk away and let his teammates and let Ancelotti, like they need to be the ones hounding the referee um, and maybe yeah. divvy it up among the players so that not one person is always the same one talking to the referee. But I think it collectively needs to be an effort to help him and support him and just let him shut up and move away and go on to the next play. Um, because yeah. I think it, I think it's distracting him too much at this point. It is. Um, I'm so torn here on this subject. I'm so torn because, um, okay, so I'm going to say what I think first, mostly, um, which is that I think it's a scandal the way he's uh, being treated. And I think there's two things we take for granted with Vinicius. First of all, how good he is, that he's now this insane dribbler just every game. Uh, yeah. Nobody can stop. He is an unstoppable player on the left now. And we, I, I'm thinking to myself, how am I not just stand, giving a standing ovation for every time he's going past uh, another defender? If um, if another player would do that, I would I would be yeah so happy We're every time. But now, to it now because he does it so often. Yes, he <laughs> does it so. I mean, it's not just. I mean, it's so many times every game. It's like a yeah. highlights package every game. So yeah. we, that's one of the things we take for granted. But the other thing that everyone takes for granted is how much he's fouled and how bad the tackles are. I mean, they are going after his ankles. He's being pushed. And he's, as you said, uh, he's being mocked by the opposition. He's being he's getting racist chants. Um, he's still a young kid. I'm, I mean, he's uh, he's more mature. But, but I mean, I can understand that he is incredibly upset. And I think... I think we are right to criticize him, but we should never, ever, we should never turn it against that oh, Vinicius is the bad guy because he is not the bad guy. He is, he is the victim here in so many ways. Yeah. We should always remember, I, whenever I, I will promise, I will do my best, whenever I criticize Vinicius, I will always first mention that he's getting an incredible, incredibly bad treatment. But then we also have to mention what what he he can improve and today i thought was almost as bad as the last game i thought the last game was crazy but today as well i mean when when players applaud sarcastically after getting a yellow card i thought that was usually just automatically a second yellow i thought that was it's not pretty normal so i i think he's been pretty lucky the last two games to avoid red card yeah and uh, I don't know what to do, man. I think uh, we also need to discuss, does he get enough protection from his teammates? I don't Nobody think so. ever seems to. I don't think no? so. I don't think so. I think, I think his teammates should be all over the referee. Like, I think collectively, I, ha I feel like there's not enough, and he's always having to defend himself. Um, exactly. And I think that shouldn't be the case. I think he should have the ability to just – Somebody grabs him, forces him to walk away, and then the rest of the three or four guys are surrounding mm. the referee. Like, I hated when Barcelona did that under Pep. It was the most annoying thing ever. But at this but point, works. yeah, at this point, I think you need to be pressuring the referee and you need to be like, there needs to be more done and more recognition. And 
Mm. And people are, have built a campaign against Vinicius in La Liga. Well, it's time for Real Madrid. Yeah. And the the club and the te- his teammates, everyone, Ancelotti, to build a campaign mm. around him. And even during games, build a campaign mm. to protect him, to get to the referee, to make a big deal out of all these fouls. Because it's the fact that I saw a great stat. It was like uh, Gavi has the most fouls in La Liga and only has like four yellow cards or something. And Vinicius Jr. is the most fouled player in La Liga, but has 10 yellow cards. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous. And uh, uh, it, we uh, need, we need to be doing more. I don't know what to say to be honest. It's just uh, horrific. And uh, I also, but, but inside what I'm most concerned about is not, I mean, what I'm most concerned about is him getting a long-term injury. Because how that has not happened yet is uh, is crazy to me. So many times his ankle is just. Do, do you remember Hazard from his Chelsea days? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you could see him bleeding through the socks. Um, I Neymar. Mean, that's why do you think Neymar has gotten so many injuries? He doesn't. He didn't. He didn't do the same physical work that Vinicius does with a trainer every single day. And I think mm. Vinicius is just naturally um, probably a little bit more athletic than Neymar. But Neymar is maybe. Just but but even still, I mean, those tackles—it's just about luck. Whether yeah. you you break your foot or you're out for a long time, and who knows how well he will recover. Yeah, so but I'm yeah, very... to your point, those two guys, Eden Hazard, Neymar, like they've sustained after time. It it gets to you, like you get mm. the injuries wear on you. And some players like, uh, uh, okay, I I I never I try to never watch Barca games because I don't like to to watch them win. So for that reason, I. I haven't watched Messi enough to be sure, but I I feel like some players like Messi, um, they get tackled a lot, but somehow they they manage to escape the worst like um, hits. And Modric is uh, another example. Uh, he dribbles a lot, but he's rarely like getting those uh, punches or uh, how I can say it. So I wish Vinicius could be the same because I'm sure at, at this rate he will get a big injury. And uh, let's just cross our fingers that. Referees in Spain realized that when, for example, he's pushed and he gets a hand in, in space like today, Vinicius is not the one who's going to get the yellow card. It's the opponent that that's going to have the yellow card. I mean, this is it's so crazy how they. I think the referees, of course, they are human, and of course, when Vinicius stops playing, and I'm sure his opponents will say that he stops playing for no reason and it's provocative, but but I mean. We need to protect our best players, and that is definitely not happening in this case. Yeah, I mean, I think I've made the point before that when you don't protect these types of players, it's why they're going ex- extinct. It's why we don't have yeah a ton of dribblers anymore, and we don't have yeah. these guys, these 1v1 specialists like Vinicius, because this is the reason why <laughs> um, they're not protected, and so there's going to be less and less of them. And you actually saw... Um, I've been thinking about this. The this Vinicius season reminds me a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. The season he won the Ballon d'Or. Um, if you remember, I think it was right after the World Cup, so he was getting a lot of vitriol, a lot of abuse at away stadiums because mm-hmm. of the wink mm-hmm. with Wayne Rooney. Um, oh, and then yeah. he was so, and then he was getting fouled and hacked like constantly. There was yeah, like, this that was campaign bad. going on about how. Ronaldo's going to leave England because he doesn't feel protected mm. and blah, blah, blah. And it was like very similar to what's been going on with Vinicius. And um, obviously he managed through that in his career. Ultimately he left England, but um, 
it it's it's crazy how this is happening again and it's always the same type of players um and i think we need the game needs more needs to be done to protect these types of players yeah for sure and and i will mention again just so that it's clear because i know a lot of real madrid fans also dislike his behavior i will mention again of course he he is not perfect either but i want the discussions about Vinicius to be 90% about how horrible his treatment is yeah. and then 10% yeah. about uh, how he is yeah. behaving so yeah, yeah. And i i agree i think there can be a fair analysis on it where you do talk about both but the emphasis should be on um the guy who's the most foul player in the top 5 leagues and a joy to watch when he's allowed to play so um, but one thing uh, we we talk a lot about about him now but, but just one more thing about um there was this commentator in the last game uh, mentioning, I don't know much about Michael Jordan, but he said that uh, Michael Jordan had, he, he had told the press at one time that he, he tries to look for ways to get angry during the game mm-hmm. to, to keep himself motivated. Yeah. And that maybe Vinicius was doing the same. And I'm starting to think maybe that's the tactic because uh, what's, worked what's for Girona. sure. <laughs> It, yeah. And what's for sure about Vinicius is that he is a hundred percent motivated. Doesn't matter if it's the Champions League final, semi-final, core final, or La Liga, lost lost league title, home against Girona, uh, um, away against Girona, home against Dan Maria. Vinicius is always motivated. And this is if all Real Madrid players were as motivated as he is every game, we would win the league with 120 points or whatever yeah, is the for sure the maximum. Yeah, if every if every Real Madrid player came out with the attitude of Vinicius, came out with the attitude of Ceballos, guys like that who, regardless of yeah. the opponent, like give one hundred and ten percent, you're right. We would be, we would be competing for this Liga even with Barcelona putting up these ridiculous defensive numbers that won't happen yeah. again. But um, yeah, 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 he would I, still crush them if if that was everyone's yeah. attitude. So so I yeah. just I had to to mention that before we moved on. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else, Ruben? I feel like we've gone through some of the starting eleven. Is there anyone we missed? I I want to ask you. Okay, um, maybe I'm just taking in the moment, but uh, let's say next season from this position, which I'm going to mention, all the players are um, are sold or they are left on free transfer, and you could just keep one. The other ones would have to go for the whole season. Which player would you choose out of Carvajal and Lucas Vasquez? So it's just between those two? Just just those two. Yeah. Oh, the whole season, Carvajal with his injuries, how he's performing worse and worse. Lucas Vasquez today, I thought, played a good game. And I actually don't see him play doing many mistakes, even though he gets not enough he was, regular He was really time. good today. I actually... Um... If you look at market bots or whatever that that Twitter account that um, we've mentioned on the podcast before that releases the stats after the game, uh, Lucas Vasquez had the most um, progressive passes and carries in this match and was the basically the most mm-hmm. uh, the player with the most beneficial um, impact in terms of getting Real Madrid closer to goal and more dangerous plays. So I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that Lucas Vasquez is uh, this great player now that he's yeah, Cafu yeah. or uh, yeah, but, but I just I think, huh? Cafu Kez. 
Because uh, he also actually played a little bit on the left today. So I, in my notes, I wrote the Lucas Vinicius Vasquez with the that outside boot uh, assist to coming. Unfortunately, disallowed. But I mean, so maybe I'm getting a little bit carried away after one good performance from him. But I've been equally disappointed by Carvajal, and uh, he's becoming more and more of a liability, more and more injured. Um, I'm a bit worried, and I'm I'm just thinking. Um, if there's one positive about Carvajal's dip, it's that now at least there's not such a big difference between our right backs. I mean, at least if Carvajal is out, I don't think there's a big drop for Lucas Vasquez to come in anymore. And which maybe says more about Carvajal than Lucas. I mean, honestly, I think Nacho has been better than both of them this year. Yeah, but he's, uh, but I know, but he, he offensively, he's, he's just, uh, he, he, he's crossing and he's, I mean, he's, he's good defensively and I, I love Nacho, but, uh, and he, I agree, he has been better, but at fullback, I think, um, well, I'm skeptical. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I think I'd still take Carvajal if I had to pick one over uh, the other for next year. Um, In the big games for sure, but yeah. I mean, over the course of a season, I, just, I, just, I get what I you're was, saying. I just yeah. wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to. I think the, the one idea year, is, yeah. the the year that Lucas Vasquez got continuity at right back, which was um, under Zidane, I think it was the 2021 season where we had the white and pink striped Adidas kits. Um, yeah, he was phenomenal at right back. He was putting up incredible. If you looked at his underlying stats, <laughs> he put up yeah. an incredible number. He was better. We played Inter Milan when Ashraf Hakimi was there. He was better than Ashraf that season. <laughs> Like he put up really, really good numbers. Um, and yeah. when you played the well, Cruz would play that diagonal switch to him one v one. He <laughs> the the benefit was that he was a right formerly right winger and could take actually mm. take a player on and beat him, which is something Carvajal can't do. Um, yeah. And so I think that season when he got the continuity, he was he was really good. Um, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. There, yeah. I think he. I, I'm just. I'm just so pessimistic going into another season with Carvajal at, at yeah. the right back. So I'm I just mean, looking for every alternative. I'm looking at Mises Tobias. I'm looking at as the, much as I, I'm as much that. as I love uh, Reese James, and I think like let's say we could actually sign him. I don't think we can because he's no. at a, he has a contract till 2027. Although Chelsea do need to sell some people, but I don't think they're going to sell him. Uh, no. But let's say. Even if we could, the one thing with him I get worried about is injury record. He's got a terrible exactly. injury record. Um, yeah. So even him for like a yeah. 70, 80, 100 million would be a, yeah. a bit of a risk. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just a, it's a difficult position to fill. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum, but it's definitely a concern going into next season, having only those two again. Don't forget Don Alvaro Odriozola. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wasn't he's that bad got... last year at Fiorentina. He's well, terrible defensively. Yeah. He's terrible defensively, but offensively he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one year left on his contract still, so I mean, he's still going to be around at least. He's making really good money at Real Madrid. That's why he doesn't want. Yeah, to <laughs> him and Vallejo, and uh, I mean, but Odriozola, like compared to Vallejo, like even like Odriozola is like in the mid earners. Like he's making like thirteen million or something. He's got a really he got a really really good, yeah. That's oh, man. Yeah, yeah, he's making oh. a lot of money. Like he, I think when he initially signed his contract, he was making more than Carvajal and Vasquez. I don't think that's the case anymore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because he was bought for thirty million or something yeah. euros. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, uh, so I'm not sure if I have much more. I think Courtois was uh, uh, didn't have to do that much, yeah. but he was good with his feet. I thought and he had one good pass to Benzema. Benzema yeah, mm, I thought uh, Rudiger yeah had some um, some nice involvements. Kamavinga good as yeah. We've talked about. I think we talked about most. Uh, Asensio came on, hit the woodwork twice. Um, yeah. Not your, sure. No, I don't uh, think I've asked you. What's your take on Asensio? Because uh, he, he so, divides the fan base. So yeah, I'm, I'm I, curious. I gotta admit, I gotta admit, um, and this is, I think this is maybe uh, for every squad I have like an irrationally a player which I have a re- an irrational relationship with, and I I <laughs> I don't like Asensio much because I feel like was it always that way. I think it turned when he 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 asked he told in the Lopetegui season he had this quote about oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be the, the guy who tirar el carro yeah. what it yeah. was I don't want to what's the English uh, I don't want to I don't want to carry or, the cart or whatever yeah yeah he yeah the responsibility <laughs> yeah and after that I I realized oh, okay I thought this guy was like uh, I I just started to see him in a different light and that season also I think he was about to be he was actually the one who was going to be re- re- the replacement of Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. in the lineup actually so yeah. and he scored like one legal so yeah, yeah, after yeah. that I got a I got a bit frustrated with him and now that my 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 question is now okay so he he has this incredible runner form now but I think this is not sustainable firstly uh, he's just coming on scoring and hitting the crossbar and every touch turns to gold so but but at the same time, he, he has earned a contract renewal. So I, I'm giving him that. I think he's a good, great player to get off the bench in this current form. The question is, will he keep playing like that if he gets a four-year deal? How will a 30-year-old Asensio look like? Yeah. And um, what will a 23-year-old Arribas look like, for example? Yeah. And is, yeah. is Asensio just taking up too many minutes? Um, it, when I, if you have Asensio here, it's almost impossible to bring back Brahim to promote Arribas, uh, and for a while it was taking a lot of minutes from Rodrigo as well. So that was my big, that's my biggest uh, like issue with him that he's taken a lot, up a lot of minutes because of his status, his history. He's he's uh, he's got a good a lot of good qualities, but he's never got. We know his his limit now. He's not gonna turn into a this great player. I don't think. I don't. I think this is just. Uh, spell which will uh, not last for long, and then the question is, what version will we see when he has signed the four-year deal? I'm yeah. I'm a little bit worried. I think that comparison you make, where 23-year-old Arribas versus 30-year-old Asensio, uh, I think that's a good like pros cons you have to make. And I this is where I get like I may fall on my sword here, but like because I feel like so many times. Uh, says Real Madrid fans, we maybe overestimate um, how good our youth players are. Um, mm. But I think Sergio Rivas, I feel so strongly that he is the real deal, that he is good enough to play for Real Madrid. I feel so, so strongly about this. I think maybe, I mean, maybe he's not a starter for Real Madrid, but he, I think he could fill that essential role really, really well. Um, and 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 what a message to send to the cantera! What yeah. a message to send to the because he's the most voice. talented yeah. player we've had in years it's, since Hesse, I think since Hesse. Yes, it's, it's impossible. It's it's almost impossible to play better than he is doing at that yeah. level. 
he so might break Hesse's he... record being a midfielder. I mean, I know he plays like <laughs> yes. an inverted winger, but still, he might break Hesse's goal scoring record playing being yes. a midfielder. And almost, he almost and, did it last season, too. <laughs> yes. And every touch, if I'm talking about every touch turns into gold, I mean, watch Arribas. Yeah. And then, yes, it's a Segunda B, or it's called Primera FF now. But yeah, it's, it's a, I think if it's also a message to the Cantera, does that matter? I think to the club doesn't matter that much. And I think Arribas, if he goes on to Rayo or something or Girona, I think, I mean, he will have to prove himself enough to, to return. But I also think... You want my hot take? Arribas. You want my hot take? Yes, I think go, he's going to be the star of the 20... One of the stars for Spain in the 2026 World Cup. Oh, 2026. That's not too long uh, until that. So, hmm. I, I, I'm a big believer in him. The only problem with him is his position. So he's not a clear right winger. He's not yeah. really that, you know, suited to playing central midfield. He's a number 10, which is not so common anymore. Which is one of the reasons why, one more reason to, to play Rodrigo as number 10 in our future, which yeah. we should talk about, should be Rodrigo as number 10, then Arriba can also be the backup and yeah. a lot of minutes. And uh, yeah, that would be at least a fun idea. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we... Uh... I think we ended there, Ruben. Um, appreciate yeah. you you hopping on board with me. And we'll, listeners, come join Patreon. You'll, you can hear Ruben and I's new segment. Obviously, we're doing a ton of shows. The Mailbag, which is huge with Keon and Lucas. A uh, ton of different shows throughout the week. Different guests, uh, preview pods, post-game pods for the big Champions League matches against City. Um, so join us over on Patreon. Um, and... Uh, those who who listen to the free podcast thank you thank you for joining us and uh until next time ruben thanks man thank you Al Madrid. Al Madrid. sports social podcast network